Hello, everybody. Uh, another episode. It's been a long time. Another episode of Ankylosing Spondylitis Natural Health. My name is Michael Eisner, and it's um, it's a real pleasure to be able to introduce, or not introduce, but reintroduce, re uh, have on Peter Winslow, uh, the man that coached me into health. Uh, so it's a real, real pleasure. I reached out to him to wish him um, uh, a happy new year. And and you were like, uh, hey, is there any chance we could do another episode? And and I am 100% into that. I think it's a great idea. Uh, been wanting to do this for a long time. It's been a while since we did our original. So great to have you here, man. Hey, great to be with you, Mike. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, it's a new year and it's a new phase of life, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. A new time. So if anyone's not familiar with Peter Winslow, I strongly urge everyone to... Uh, to go back and listen to the first episode. I mean, there's going to be great stuff in here, I'm sure. But uh, if you want to know more about Peter's history, exactly where he's coming from, his story, that's what the first episode's all about. So this is going to be more... I mean, we talked a bit about what we want to do, right, Peter? And we just want to go into what what exactly works, what your experience is working with people, and how people are um, getting out of pain. I mean, that's what everyone wants to know. That's that's the big thing. Like, how do you actually do it? I've noticed one thing, Peter, is that some people, people who don't have AS often listen to my podcast and they don't get it. Like, they don't, they're like, I kind of understand what's going on, but how do people actually heal? Like, how do you actually get better? So yes, great question. It's it's the biggest question I think there really is. So um we'll get into that, but I first let's just start off with what's it like coaching people back to health? Well, what is that like as a as a to have as a job or what's the experience for you? Oh, it's sublime. It's so rewarding to see people come back to their health and become their own selves again. And then go forward from there. A lot of people think, you know, Mike, that if they can just overcome the pain, that that would be the uh, feather in their cap and the end of the journey. But it's really the beginning of a whole new life. So that's the most rewarding thing for me, is to be able to lead people to a better way of life and a better way of living so that they're free of the things that beset them before. Most people, and, and you mentioned that people don't uh, understand what we're talking about or don't know what we're doing. Most people don't understand how life works in this manner either. They don't realize why they're getting what they're getting in life and how it occurred. And so they're, they become what we call victims, you know, victims of life and victims of circumstances and victims of conditions. And they don't realize what's actually going on at the root here. So that's where I focus specifically is bringing people back to those, to that awareness of who they really are, when they are, what feels best and show them how to practice that instead of fighting with the world in a way that doesn't work so well. So what is, what, what is it to, uh, to get people to live a better life? Like, what, what is that? What does that mean? Well, can you imagine that you'd have a better life? Because here's the facts. Anything you can imagine, if you can believe it, you can make it come true. And now most people don't have a context for that. They're like, well, that can't be true. I mean... Come on, I still got to pay taxes, right? Nobody escapes death and taxes. Well, sure. But what I'm talking about is ideating for yourself to create the life that you most envision 
and would like to live and to lead. And most people don't know what that is. Well, yeah, I think uh, that that was a very common thing in in my life is not having direction and not knowing what I want to get out of it. And you you, were, you mentioned something about, well, you didn't say cause and effect, but you talked about it just a second ago about people don't understand how they got where they are, like in pain or didn't you mention something like that? Sure. You mean just a moment ago? Just a moment ago when you were talking, you were saying that people people don't understand why it is that they are where they are and how to yeah, get what it. What I said was they don't realize why they're getting what they're getting in yeah. life. Yeah. So what's that all about? They don't understand the law that governs the world and governs this universe. And it, it, you, you already mentioned it, rightly so. It's cause and effect. <laughs> I, I knew that that's because that's, that's what I learned with you, cause and effect. It's funny. My mom always said that I had no idea what cause and effect was all about. And I looked at her and, you know, it kind of I was offended, actually, by what she said. This was a long time ago. But uh, uh, working with you kind of really opened my eyes up to that. Can you talk more about cause and effect and how you how do you. In a theme, in the broad spectrum of all the people you work with, does that come up a lot? Cause and effect? Do you work? Comes with- up every, every moment of every day. What about with everybody's the people living in it? The people that are healing from AS, do, do you work with that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. So, you know, I do. So, how do you, how can you describe, like, what, what is that? Someone comes to you with AS, and how does that come up in the conversation? Well, people want to know what the solution is, right? The solution to... To AS, pain and suffering. Okay. And health in general, sure. But uh, I specialize with people with AS, so that's what I mostly get is people saying, how do I heal from this thing? And, you know, they've already probably gone through the drug protocols and uh, the biologics and so forth, and those have quit working for them, or either that or they're afraid to even begin doing that stuff because there's a lot of harsh side effects that could occur. Or they're doing the really uh, strict diets, you know, and cutting out all the foods from their life, uh, all the starches and so forth. And they get to a point where it's like, God, I just want to have a hamburger again, you know, or whatever it is. So they come to me and they say, can you help me with this? And of course I can, because what I teach isn't dependent on medical treatments or diets. And I'm showing people what to do with cause and effect, because there's a cause of your condition. And while science is busy uh, attempting to discover what that is and tie all the pieces together through genetics and viral infections and bacteria and nutritional supplement or nutritional aspects, you know, they're trying to figure it out. We don't need to figure it out because the body's already figured it out. So what I teach people to do is reverse the cause and repair the damage. So that's the solution for AS. How would you do that? How would you reverse? Teach them to reverse the cause. Well, sit down, my son, and let me share with you. How does that work? <laughs> Is that something you can explain in a, in a short It's something I time? do explain. It's what exactly what I explain to people, what's causing their condition. So what, what's a typical, could you say, like, you know, an anonymous, anonymous name like John or Sally? She comes to me with this problem. What's the cause, typically? Like, what's an example? Okay, I had a guy come to me once. I won't tell you his name, but his initials are Michael Eisner. Okay. <laughs> All right. He said, what's going on with this? Okay. And I showed him what was going on with this. And as I do with everybody, of course, Mike, all kidding aside, there's an emotional component at work. 
And that's where the doctors and the practitioners don't go. They're not trained. It isn't their fault. I mean, it isn't just what they do. They don't go into straightening out the emotions that are at the root of autoimmune disorders. Autoimmune disorders are caused by negative immune function, which can be uh, exacerbated or made worse through a lot of things like leaky gut syndrome or bacterial infections and these sorts of things. But what's causing the immune system not to be able to repair itself and not to be able to recover and, and heal the body is negative, emotional, unresolved issues. And now I know most people think that's crazy. How can my emotions have anything to do with my health? But in fact, all the medical studies show that that's exactly the case. And there's plenty of doctors out there who talk about that exact thing. Like, you know, you've heard of Dr. Bruce Lipton. Yeah. Dr. Sue Mortar, Candace Pert, Deepak Chopra, John Sarno, Ron Peters, many doctors, many medical doctors are discovering that there's an emotional aspect to illness. And that's what's causing the negative immune response in the case of autoimmune disorders, is unresolved emotional pain. So when we nullify that, and you don't have to go through psychology and you know psychotherapy to do this, you simply have to make peace with it and that's what allows the body to recover. To make that's the Winslow way. That's what I've discussed, and that's what I did myself, and that's what I showed you, and that's what I've showed others. It's making peace with an emotional... Um, emotional no, what? making peace with ourselves. Making peace with ourselves. And in so doing, these emotional issues are resolved, or we learn to to ex accept them or learn to deal with them better? Do they no, go it's, not as simple, it's not as simple as all that, Michael. But uh, it's not complicated either. We simply make peace with ourselves because there's at the, at the root of everybody's condition is a theme. Everybody has a single theme that's operating in their lives. Everybody with AS that I've ever talked to, and that's thousands of people. They all have the same theme emotionally happening that's preventing them from healing. And that's why for all the work they do to improve their health and all the drugs and all the diets and all the, you know, fighting with the symptoms that they do to improve their health, there's never a cure at the end of it. What's, that's why. What's the theme? The theme that everybody has, yeah. they have an image of themselves that says, I am not enough. I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not rich enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not pretty enough, whatever it is, I am not enough. And that's what leads to the emotional unrest that makes them then subconsciously dwell on the traumas that occurred in their life and they think that you know there's something wrong with them for having gone through these things and they haven't forgiven and they haven't let go. And even though they think they have, they'll say, well, I forgave my dad years ago, I just don't want to talk about it. That's an indicator that it's still at root and they work in their subconscious minds. That's what's causing the unrest in the immune system. That's the secret sauce. That's what the doctors don't study. That's why there is no cure. Because until you heal your mental and emotional pain, the body pain or that emotional pain will come out through the body as pain in the system. And then you get things like leaky gut syndrome and bacterial infections and that just onslaughts, you know, it causes an onslaught on the immune system even more and more. So people are fighting, you know, they're putting out fires left and right with their bodies and fighting themselves. And what they really need to do is make peace with all of it, and it falls away by itself. And that's almost too good to be true, so people don't believe it.
Yeah. But that's exactly how it works. So how, what I've seen and what I've heard from some people is that uh, the pain sometimes comes back. All right. What does that mean? So that's an advanced question here because they haven't even gotten past the pain yet. And now we're talking about it's coming back. But there's a reason for that, too. It's cause and effect. So remember, I said that the, there's the Winslow way is a two part system for relief and recovery from ankylosing spondylitis. And the first part of that is reverse the cause, which we've been addressing here. And the second part is repair the damage. So you've got to reverse the cause and repair the damage in order to heal from AS. And repairing the damage means rewiring the brain. It's called neuroplasticity. And a lot of doctors on the forefront of neurology are talking big time about it. So I suggest everybody out there go learn about neuroplasticity because it's the solution for chronic pain. If the pharmaceutical industry could put it in a drug, they would. But they can't because it requires movement. You have to move your body for the changes in the brain to stick. So you can make those changes in the brain temporarily and feel complete remission and then come back out of remission. And that addresses your question, which is some people say the pain comes back. It's because they haven't rewired the brain fully. That takes six months to a year. And after they're out of pain for a week or a month or two, then they're starting to go back to their old habits and their old practices and their old ways of being and their old ways of thinking. And they never set in the rewiring of the neuroplastic changes in the brain. That's why the pain comes back. Hmm. Okay, well, um, well, haven't you figured this out yet? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, they're just just questions that I think are important. You know what I mean? Oh, very important. You know, I was just being a little flip with you there. Right. Okay. Yes. Well, I do. I do. I have been figuring this stuff out, I guess, with the with the aid of of folks like yourself. Um, Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Uh. I guess that maybe that to be bring us to, um, well, what what's uh what are the steps like? What are the steps to, to healing? There's two steps. The first one is reverse the cause because cause and effect is at play here, and the second step is repair the damage. Remember, that's all it is. It's that simple. And trying to figure it out and make it more complicated only gets in the way and makes things worse. And that's what everybody's attempting to do that I've talked to. They're trying to figure it out. I'm going to figure this thing out. And the more they try to figure it out, the more complicated it gets. And in fact, it's human nature to make everything complicated. I mean, we have a value in complicated objects and articles. So if you have a very high technology computer, it's better quality and higher price than a low tech system or an automobile. If you've got a car that's full of high tech, high technology uh, accoutrements, then it's more expensive than one that's basic and simple. So we place a value on things that are more complicated by nature as human beings. And we're making this thing so out of control, complicated. It's really not complicated, you know, but the, the scientific practitioners, the medical doctors and, and researchers can't figure it out because the more they look at how complex it is, the more complicated it gets. But here's the thing. The body is like a machine. So if you break your arm, you know what you've got to do to help it repair itself. But the mind is not a machine. In fact, the mind doesn't need to be figured out at all in order to heal itself. 
You simply have to make peace with whatever traumas and tragedies have happened in your life and recognize how they served you. And then you're, wow, feel a lot better now. You don't have to go figure out why and who did what to whom and how it happened and why me and why does this keep occurring in my life and all that. That just makes you focus on what's wrong. And that's the main thing people are doing incorrectly. They're focusing on the problem. I teach people how to focus on the solution. And they say, you know, people would say, well, naturally, I need to know what the problem is to find the solution. No, you don't. The body and the mind know what to do. If you cut your finger, do you have to figure out the solution as to how those blood cells are going to come together and coagulate the blood and then scab over and heal the skin? No, you don't have to figure out any of it. Simply have to keep it clean. Simple. So that's the mistake that everybody that I've talked to is making, almost everybody, 99.999% of them. They're focused on the problem and trying to get rid of it. And the more you try to get rid of AS, the more it sticks around. I mean, even the medical doctors will tell us they have no cure, but we can fight these symptoms for the rest of your life. That's the mistake. What? Do you, are you, do you work with people and sometimes you, they come up to a point where they choose to work with you or they choose not to work with you? And is it a mental, emotional process that you see there's something that they're just unwilling to do that some others maybe are willing to do? Well, yeah, that's a good point, Michael. Uh, I only work with people who are willing to do what I ask them to do. So those people who aren't willing, I don't start out with them and then they drop. That almost never happens. I can tell when people are ready for what I'm teaching simply by interviewing them properly. And, you know, that only takes about 15 or 20 minutes and I can tell if they're ready for this or not. So, so generally the people you take on and work with, you see through to the end. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So what, 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 um, what kind of a person is that? It's a person usually who's tried everything else and nothing has worked long term and they're ready to do what they haven't done before. In order to experience new things in the world, you've got to be willing to do what you haven't done before. Hmm. And the main thing that keeps people from uh, healing is, again, they're not reversing the cause, which is that unresolved emotional pain that's going on deeper inside them. And the reason people don't do that is because they don't want to know about it. They don't want to look at it. They don't want to face it. They don't want to go through it because they think that in order to heal it, they have to go figure it out. And they, none of that is true. They don't have to look at it. They don't have to figure it out. They don't have to go back through it and, and you know, do psychotherapy to figure out why and who and when and where. All they have to do is say, I don't care about it anymore. It's okay with me. It served to make me stronger. And once they can get to that point, everything changes. So I have techniques and, and ways of teaching that so that it gets to them in the first session, they understand it. People go into remission within two sessions oftentimes. Not everybody, but many do. Now, keeping them there is a matter of rewiring the brain and that takes six months to a year. So some people have come to me before and they've coached with me for a month or two and they're like, I'm good. Right. I'm out of pain, I'm sleeping well, I'm feeling great, I've let go of all my traumas. And then if they go away and they don't keep practicing what they've learned and keep growing from it, then they don't wire the brain properly and the pain will come back next year. I've seen that happen before, too, where people drop out too early. Right. But that's why I only work with people who are willing to do what I ask them to do. And 
because it can get uh, cost prohibitive for people, because my time is very valuable and there's a lot of people who need my help, I put together a program for group coaching so that it, everybody can afford it. Okay. And, and that's what's new in this last year and this year that uh, maybe you haven't heard about, the AAS Recovery Challenge. Right. Yeah, I heard a little bit about it, but I didn't quite understand. I looked up how much it was, and it was it's four four hundred ninety five dollars a month. Is that right? Or five hundred a month? Yeah, four ninety five for a month for two months because it's an eight week program. So that's two months. So it'd be four four ninety five a month. A month for a two month months. For two months. Yeah. And that's you find that's enough time, or how do people? Because you just said that some people need some more time. So what do they do afterwards? Well, they, they need to follow through afterwards. So I put together free resources for people called the AS Victors Club where they can follow through with me and get resources uh, that will help them to continue to stay on track and not lose focus and not go back to their old habits and, and beliefs that are in the way of healing. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> right. So people have never heard of this because – Nobody else is really doing it this way. So this why, is what I've learned. Why don't you think people believe that it's possible? Because they've been told it's not possible. By who? Simply. By who? I mean, I know. I mean, the medical system, obviously, they say it's incurable by themselves. Right, and their support network, you know, family members and so forth who genuinely mean well and care about them and who believe the old, the old uh, line that says nobody heals from this. And the reason nobody heals from this through medicine is because they're not taking out the root stress of the emotional pain. They don't go there. So there is no cure. You've got to heal your mind and your body. And then we throw spiritual practices into it, too, which, by the way, when I say spiritual practices, I mean this learning how to be happy. <laughs> That's a spiritual practice. <laughs> right. Being happy. How many people they ask, you know, that are genuinely happy people? Well, the best of them put up a good front and they do their best to feel happy and act happy and do what they need. But down inside, there's a program in the software of their mind that says, I am not enough. I'm broken. There's something wrong with me. And so that that feeds that emotional stress that impedes the immune system, which can't do its job anymore and creates negative immune response, which leads to inflammation, which causes pain, and everybody's just trying to run away from the pain. And no matter where you run, there you are. It follows you everywhere you go. So the solution is to remove the cause. Reverse the cause, and that's that emotional pain. So even if you don't heal from AS, if you can remove all your emotional pain and get past I'm not good enough, that makes huge changes in your life. So we focus on improving your life, not focusing on your illness. That's another mistake that people make is they're totally focused, you know, tunnel vision minded on their disease and on their problem, and it's with them 24 hours a day, even if they're aware of it or not. And they're always looking at it and they're always looking for reasons that it can be there. And they're, you know, making it complicated through science and so forth and so on. When do they focus on what feels good? Only after they get some relief. 
Right. So that's people, easy. Anybody can do that. So people have to focus on what feels good or people have the opportunity to focus on what feels good even when they're in pain. Can you imagine? Now, that's a challenge, right? So that's why a lot of people can't figure it out and they don't understand what's happening there and how anybody could do such a thing. So they just give up altogether. They're like, yeah, that's not for me. And that's all right. I agree. This is not for everybody. Some people need to go through a lot more processing before they get to the point where they're ready to let go of their emotional pain. And again, they think that the, the way of doing that is long and drawn out painful psychotherapy. That's not the case. In fact, the pain goes away instantly when you let it go. When you're ready to let it go, it goes instantly. It's an aha moment, like an epiphany. It's a spiritual experience where you realize I am enough. I'm perfect as I am and as I am becoming. Everything serves me. This is all happening for a reason. It's cause and effect. And if I want a different effect in life, I'm going to create a different cause. So the doctors aren't teaching them this. The nutritionists aren't teaching them this, nor should they. It's not their field. So how do you create yeah. a different cause? How does the person do that? You create a different effect, Michael, by changing the cause. How do you do it? First of all, by realizing the laws of cause and effect, you know, this is this is widespread throughout the universe. Anywhere in uh, astronomy we go, we see cause and effect. You know, there's worlds colliding and suns blowing up into supernovas and stars exploding and gamma rays flying around. And it all looks like chaos. But it's chronos. It's orderly. It's chaos coming into order. And everywhere we look, there's a cause and an effect. So the third law of motion in thermodynamics is for every action, an opposite and equal reaction. That's cause and effect. Mm -hmm. The Newtonian physics shows you that. That's obvious. Now, in Eastern philosophies like Buddhism and Hindu and others, uh, Zen, Taoism and these, they call it karma. What goes around comes around. In the Judeo-Christian paradigm, they say, do unto others as you'd have them do to you. In other uh, warrior cultures, they say, live by the sword, die by the sword. So everybody recognizes this cause and effect is what's ruling our lives in this material world, in this material universe. It's cause and effect. And everything has a, has a cause. Every effect, everything that happens had a cause. And that effect from the cause becomes the cause of the next effect. And so on and so on, like a chain reaction. These things just move through the the biosphere and move through our lives as cause and effect. So if you want your life to look differently tomorrow, if you want tomorrow to be different than today, do something different today. So people have to change what? Their behavior? Yes. The way that they look at the world? Yes. So I could see that, you know, some folks may not be willing to do that. You know, I, I totally understand that because, I mean... Uh, this is a this is a you know a very common example. I think a lot of people here they're in a maybe a, a marriage or a relationship they've been in in a long time, and you know maybe they don't feel it's right for them, but they stay in it. And right, you know, and we could say that's in a relationship with someone else, but you could probably say that's a relationship with whatever Yourself. part of ourself and whatever part we're used to doing and saying. So what is that? And how, how would someone 
let go of those things. I mean, I could see how that might be a very scary thing to do. And yet it's so simple. But you're right. People are unwilling to let go of their comfort zones in order to gain more in life. So people are in bad marriages, as you pointed out, you know, where maybe they're even abusive. But it's easier to stay there than it is to go out on their own and try something new. And oftentimes, I was a therapist before I was a coach. And I worked in a clinic with a lot of people who were overweight or uh, depressed or, you know, had other conditions uh, that need uh, special attention because drugs can't fit the bill. And I'd meet a lot of women who were, had spent years in bad relationships and abusive relationships and had finally extricated themselves from those situations. And then they go out and hook up with the same kind of guy all over again. Okay. So tell me about that. And did they have a period in between the guys where they got better, their life was good, it was getting on track, and then they fell back into old habits? And got- That's not common. That's not the rule, typically. When people do what they do to make a better life, then they have higher self-image and self-esteem, and they don't let anybody treat them that way anymore. So no. Okay. Once, you've, okay. once you've let it go and made peace with it, then your self-esteem and your self-image crops up and takes care of you in a way that was different than before. That's the behavioral changes that need to occur to make a different effect in their lives. And you're right, this isn't for everybody. In fact, most people aren't going to change their beliefs or behaviors just because their life sucks. (laughs) They're going to hope that somebody comes along like a white knight and rescues them. And I don't fault them. I don't blame them for that. That's human nature. You know, it isn't that they're wrong or that they're bad people, but they don't understand how life works. That's all. They don't realize what cause and effect is and how it's operating in their lives. And they don't know my system called Immaculate Reception, which is how the universe operates for all of us in our human lives. It's always the same. It's a pattern for everybody. And it's simple. Here's the... uh, summation of Immaculate Reception, my five-step system for achieving anything in the world you'd like to achieve, receiving anything that you are fit to receive, and being the person that you've always wanted to be. Immaculate Reception can be boiled down to one thing called the law of identity. People have never heard this, but here's how it goes. In life, we don't get what we want. We get what we are. That's the law of identity. That's how life works. Now, begs the question, how do I know what I am and so forth and so on? That's where I go into immaculate reception training, the five stages of being, thinking, speaking, doing, and receiving your life on purpose, instead of being bounced around by the circumstances and situations that are out of your control. So people don't realize, for instance, that there's only two things that we ever control. There's only two things we can control in the universe. Okay. What's that? And those two, and most people can't control those. <laughs> but everything else is beyond our control. And here are the two things we control, Michael: our beliefs and our behaviors. We don't control anything beyond that. So, how do you know if you have a belief that is causing you to be uh, suffering and in pain? How how would you know if, and how would I change that? Simple. If there's something in your life that you want that you're not getting, like health, wealth, wholesomeness, happiness, love, joy, or peace of mind, if there's anything in your life that you want that you're not getting, there's a belief in the way. The belief is typically something like, 
I don't deserve it. It's too much work. I don't have enough education or I don't have the right connections. There's a belief in the way. And every person who's achieved a, an outstanding and uplifting and inspiring life has moved through that. They don't let their beliefs hold them back. They create new beliefs. And that's what, of course, most people can't even do that because they don't know how. They don't know how life works. So this is what's happening with people with chronic illness and chronic pain. Their emotional pain is coming out through the tissues of their very body because it's trying to get out. It's trying to escape. It wants to be let free. And we keep holding it in and pushing it in and repressing it back into our minds and into our systems until it becomes chronic. How do you set it free? How do you identify it? By making it? peace with it. What's that? You, make you don't even have to identify it, Michael. Isn't that awesome? I mean, it's just amazing what we've discovered about this. You don't have to figure it out. You simply have to let it go. And that means make peace with yourself. And I'm okay as I am and as I am becoming. That's all you have to do. But you have to do it sincerely and you have to do it practicably. And it has to stick. So I teach you how to do that. That's all you have to do is make peace with it. Wait. Now, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, when it comes to other conditions, there's more to the story. This, we're not fighting cancer here. Right. This is right. negative immune response. And autoimmune means, auto means self. This is self-immunity going sideways. So this is simple compared to the other conditions. You know, you think of uh, Stephen Hawking, who just died recently uh, a couple years back, who is the... Uh, chair of mathematics and astrophysics at uh, Cambridge University. He had Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, yet he was a happy camper. He'd made peace with himself. And look at his exemplary life. Look at the life he led. He could have been a wino or a heroin addict because, oh, my God, my body's broken and there's something wrong with me. But he made peace with it and led an exemplary life. However, because his condition was much worse than an autoimmune disorder, it affected his body for the term of his life. With AS, that's not the case. You can let it go and it's gone. <laughs> it's amazing. And in fact, I teach that AS is our teacher. It comes to us to let us know that there's something within us that wants to be changed. There's a cause that's creating an effect that wants to be let go of. And it's typically repressed emotional pain. So AS comes into the body and imbalances everything through the autoimmune function. And that's how you know something wants to change. There's something about me that needs a shift. But what everybody's doing instead is running to the doctor for, you know, to chase away the pain. Mm -hmm. And most of the people that I've talked to it in the initial consultation will say, if I could just let go of the pain, I'd be happy. I'd consider that a success. Even if I have to eat bone broth and hay for the rest of my life, I don't care. Just make the pain go away. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. So they're running from the message. And there is no cure for the messenger. How do you how do you help someone? Like say you're working with someone and you know, like you've obviously said, Yeah, I want to work with you because you believe, you know, that you that they can do it. Um, and do you ever come up to a point where they're like, Peter, I don't know if I can do it. Like this, this belief I have, or this, this behavior I have that's chronic. I don't know if I can change it. Like, I don't, what if, what if 
that's their belief that they're you mean after we after we've begun training or before yeah like say they're you know coming up against some hard like some stuff in their life that they're like i don't know if i can change that you know uh you know this belief it's it's uh you know what what do you what what do you say what do you do then that has never happened it's never it's never happened never not once Where somebody's worked with me for a while and said, I can't do it, I can't do it. I've never heard that. Now, I've had people resist. They get to a point where it's like, we got to go deeper. But here's the deal. It's simple. The deeper you go, the better it works. So what I teach people are practices from the mystery schools of Kabbalah and Zen Buddhism and Tantra Yoga and others that teach us how to connect with our true selves. Once you're connected with your true self, the body and the worldly experience that we have, it's all good. You know, yeah, you've made mistakes, but you don't care anymore because you learned from your mistakes and you've moved along. So this is the first thing that I impart to people is who they really are. And none of them get to this point later on where they go, I can't do this anymore. They're so interested in it and they're so blessed by what they've discovered within themselves, that it changes their entire experience of life and opens up a whole new world of love, joy, and peace of mind, which, by the way, is what you are. Did you know that you are love, joy, and peace of mind? And most people are trying to go find that stuff in the world around them. That's what you already are. That's what your essence is. So we go inside to connect with those things, and then you have the and it happens fast. It happens within an, within an hour or two where people have that breakthrough. Now, that's for most people. There's exceptions to everything. So there are some who don't get that breakthrough as rapidly. But they're the exception and not the rule. So connecting people with love, with joy, wow, and peace of mind. That's the big one because everybody's scared to death of having AS and what it's going to do to their lives from now on, that they're focused on that even when they don't know it. That's an example of how they don't understand how this works. They're causing more of it because they're focused on what it is that they're afraid of. That's what worry is. Worry is meditating. When people worry, they're meditating. And they're meditating on what they don't want. So even if it doesn't happen, they're still suffering from it, from the worry. And by the way, 90% of what we worry about never happens anyway. Right. And the other 10% happens, but there's nothing you can do about it. So worry is never useful. And people don't understand that. They even use it as common vernacular in their language. Oh, I'm worried about him. Let me worry about that. Oh, don't you worry. I got to cover. They, they talk about worry as if it's normal and natural. And they don't understand what they're getting and why they're getting it. Right. The mystery schools teach all this. All of them teach the same things. How life works. What you're creating. How cause and effect is happening in your life. What your purpose is. How to overcome these things that stand in your way. How to make peace with yourself. So that's what I did, and my pain went away. And then I became a bodybuilder, and I rewired my brain through physical aptitudes and it never came back. That was 30 years ago, Michael. I've been free of AS for 30 years. 
after having the symptoms for 10 years, from the age of uh, 20 to 30, I had the symptoms. Do you think all people have to use physical exercise to get better? Well, that's a good question because I've seen those who don't. Right. Like uh, I interviewed uh, Lauren LaRose. Yeah. Um, you remember her? You coached with her, right? Right. And oh, she, no, 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 no. I never coached with Lauren LaRose. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I thought you did. Sorry. But anyway, she... She was a member of my group for a while, but she never took uh, coaching from me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, she's an example. She didn't, she didn't ever work out. She got better. A right, because she let go of her emotional pain. She didn't have to do anything in the body. However, to rewire the brain requires movement. And besides, Michael, we got this incredible physique, you know, this thing called the body. It's beautiful, and it's so capable of all these things. And it was designed and built to walk 100 miles at a time and to fight off saber-toothed tigers. Mm. You know, why wouldn't you take good care of your body? Yeah. So if you've got a body, you should use it. Right. So so how do you feel about, I think we talked about this before, about how do you feel about diet? Like what, just eat a good diet, eat what your body wants? Like what are you, so this is a, religious uh, about it? Right. This <laughs> is a controversial know. subject. Very controversial <laughs> in the AS community, for sure. So it might not uh, surprise you to know that I have a master's degree in nutrition. Um, oh, okay. You didn't know that? No, I didn't. No. Okay, so I, I'm somewhat of a nutritional expert, and I understand exactly what's going on with the with the keto diets and the no starch, low starch approach, and it does relieve inflammation. The problem becomes then that it the the body realigns itself, and so you need less and less of that same. Uh, starch to cause more and more pain. So if you make a mistake and eat something that you weren't supposed to eat, Bam. your body's less less equipped to handle it. Because the immune system needs to be exposed to toxicity in order to build itself up. So when you take these things away from the immune system exposure, the immune system doesn't have to work as hard anymore and it get, actually gets weaker. So for instance, you know, aflatoxin and peanut allergies and so forth are common today in America. Yeah. When I was a kid, it didn't exist. Mm -hmm. It was one in a million. Every kid I knew ate peanut butter and jelly for, for lunch. Right. Yeah. Now they can't touch it because their immune systems can't handle it anymore. Yeah. So it actually it makes the immune system weaker by keeping these constituents away from ingestion. You know, by isolating yourself from these things, your immune system actually gets weaker. So you get some pain relief for a while, and as long as you're willing to eat nothing but, like I said earlier, bone broth and hay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then until your body down-regulates itself to the point where that's no longer effective, then what do you do? Right. Well, at least you're out of pain for a while, yeah. so it does yeah. work to take away the pain. And that's, again, what people are doing. They're trying to run away from the pain. Mm -hmm. I'm teaching people how to let go of the cause. It's a whole different approach, and that's why they, they've never heard of it. They don't know why they would do it. Pharmaceutical industry isn't supporting it. Gee, I wonder what that's about. Maybe the pharmaceutical industry doesn't have a real uh, vested interest in you getting well. Now, I know that's a controversial subject, too, but I hear uh, doctors like Bruce Lipton talking about that every day. Right. I have a question. What if someone comes to you and they're 
they're in a job that they know is terrible for them. Their boss is awful. It's a stressful job, but they make a lot of money. They have a yes. They're in a lot of pain. They come to you and they're like, you know, I, I, what do I do? Like, how do like, I know I should probably leave my job, but, um, the fact is that I got a great pension. I don't know what else I do. I'm not educated in any other way. I'm talking about the people that are scared to make a drastic change in their life. Do they need to make a drastic change in their life? Can they keep well, that, all the exterior stuff the same? Yeah, that's a case-by-case basis, you know, okay. and I've worked with a lot of people like that. You I had one executive who was a multimillionaire, decamillionaire, and his job was killing him to the point where he was spinning the chamber on a gun and putting it to the side of his head every month or so, but he couldn't follow through because he was too scared to kill himself because of his family. And I worked with that guy for only three months, and – I said, what would you do if you didn't need the money? Well, I don't know. Well, yes, you do. There's something in you that knows what you're passionate about. Let's find it. We eventually found, you know, within about six hours of work, we found that he loved to surf. And today that guy owns surf shops all up and down the Pacific Coast in California. He quit his job and he started a new life and his pain and his suffering went away. Hmm. So that's an example that's the best case scenario. Have you ever worked with someone that was in a, a toxic relationship that had AS and... What did, <laughs> every day, man. Every day? Is that Pretty right? much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a common theme? Toxic relationships, yes. And people who have AS? Yes. And so what do you, what do, you do with people? Someone comes to you, they love their partner... But, you know, they're having a hard time. They have AS. They don't want to leave them. What, what, do, you, what do you do? How do you, like, what's the conversation? I teach them peace of mind. I use Zen Buddhism to do it. And I teach them how to be at peace with everything and accept what is. So it's called non-resistance. That's the main thrust of Buddhism, of Zen, and, and Mahayana Buddhism. Non-resistance, so just make peace, with, make peace with themselves. Then their behaviors begin to change, and that's when the changes occur in their life. So you're not act, you're not necessarily telling, asking people to leave their marriages or anything like that. No, in my case, I had AS for ten years and I couldn't take it anymore. So I fired my fiance, sold my house, quit my job, and went on a healing journey. So I did that. That's what you did, right? Yeah. That was long before we had any coaching available. I didn't have anybody to coach with. The doctors didn't have biologic drugs back then either, so they wanted to do uh, surgery. My orthopedic surgeon wanted to remove all my uh, vertebral discs mm -hmm. just to get me out of the pain. And boy, I'm glad I didn't do that because where would I be today with no discs? Yeah, that's a whole horror show that I'm, I'm glad you skipped out on somehow. Well, I skipped out because I didn't have insurance. <laughs> didn't have the money you actually you actually um you if you were in canada or maybe some european country you know like Sweden i would have done something. it yeah i would have probably... done anything to get rid of the pain and that's what they were recommending for me absolutely i would have done it too i would have done anything i've done all kinds of things to try to get out of pain you know what i mean that's why i came to peter it's it's because 
I what they were what he was saying about how to get better made sense to me. It just did. It just made sense to me. So and I tried everything everything else. And the truth is, from what I've interviewed a ton of people, of twenty five people, and some people don't have to go through all the, all that shit that I went through. Some people don't have to try all those things. Some people are just ready to get better. And some people have to go through a lot of stuff on their own. But um, I have a question. What is pain, Peter? What is pain? Pain is no more than a signal in the nervous system from a, the body to the brain. And it lives in the brain. So, for instance, if you stub your toe, you feel the initial contact of the toe you know, being stubbed. And then you don't feel pain for like half a second. You feel nothing. And then, boom, the pain screams out from that point of impact. Well, that lull in, in sensation for half a second or so is that signal. It's called the P factor, stands for pain, the pain factor, going through the nervous system to the brain where it's recognized as pain and sent back to the point of impact as the pain signal. So pain is a messenger. It's just a signal operation that happens within us to let us know, hey, take your hand out of the fire or you're going to damage yourself. So is, is pain, someone, say someone's in chronic arthritic pain, um, is the pain they're feeling, the pain, is it um, their joints fusing? Is it their uh, joints eroding away? Is it inflammation or is it something else as well? Yeah, I really feel for those people, you know, those poor people who are suffering like that. If I could help all those people, I would. Uh, what you're talking about is degenerative condition, you know, arthritis after it's gotten really, really bad. And it's too late to do anything about it. Now, there are practitioners, doctors like uh, like Bruce Lipton and Sue Mortar and others who work with people like that. And Louise Hay, who teach them how to change their mental aptitudes so that it affects their bodies. But once the damage is done, reversing the damage gets very difficult. With AS, it's easy. We just rewire the brain. So people say, yeah, but my bones are fused. You know, I've got bamboo back and these other conditions. Well, you waited too long. So maybe you're going to be okay, maybe you're not. And in our group, you know, i got a, a Facebook group, asvictors.com. Uh, in that group, we've got half a dozen guys who claim that their fusing has improved and in one or two cases gone away. Now, I don't take credit for that because they did it themselves. But how they did it was what they learned from me, which is make peace with your emotional self. And then the body strengthens itself. That's what's still not understood in the medical community because they're still operating on systems that were created four and five hundred years ago. Rene Descartes, you know, I think therefore I am. And the body is separate from the mind. The body is physical and earthly, and the mind is divine and godly. Right. And God owns God owns the soul, which is the mind. The mind is the soul. God owns that. And the body is of the earth. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That's still the medical paradigm today because, near as I can figure out, when I hear from guys like Bruce Lipton, it's a very profitable endeavor. I don't know if you've noticed, but the pharmaceutical industry, they've got money. Mm -hmm. And they control the medical education in the Western world. They endow the colleges and the uh, universities with grants to teach medical students how to prescribe medications. Now, I'm not against medications. I need to say right up front, yeah. if you get in an auto wreck and you tear your leg off, 
you damn sure want medication and surgery. Emergency medicine is miraculous. Yeah. But treating chronic illnesses has no such efficacy. Yeah. Because they're not looking at the mind, much less the soul or the subconscious. They don't go there at all. So you earlier you mentioned that you know people who are living lives where they're unhappy, they're, they're in unloving relationships, and they're not having fun in life, and they don't have peace of mind, and they don't sleep well, but they're making a ton of money. Sure. It's because our system has taught them that money is the answer and the solution. And I'll say this, I've, I've been broke and I've been wealthy, and wealthy is better. <laughs> I'll say that much. But for people who are living that way, it's because they've been taught that money is the solution to things, so they go and they get it, and it doesn't solve their issues. What's missing? Love. How much does that cost? What does it cost you when you don't have love? What does that do to your health and your quality of living? Joy. Their joy is sucked out of them. How does that feel to live a joyless life? What's that worth? And peace of mind? You can't buy peace of mind, my friend. That's what I teach people how to connect with within themselves. And it's tricky. So people can't figure it out. Because the more you think about it, the farther away from peace of mind you get, because your thinking, thinking, thinking is not relaxing and peaceful. Right? It's an oxymoron. The more you think, the less at rest your thinking is. Yeah. So, so you can't think your way into peace of mind. Does someone have to be a master meditator to get better? No. But we're all meditating anyway. Remember I said worry is meditating? Mm -hmm. So you There's different, different forms of meditation. So you switch your habit from may worrying to to thinking to thinking prosperous thoughts or healthy thoughts or or being being something besides worry. Is that what you're saying? Sounds like you're trying to figure it out. <laughs> so what do I do? What do I do right now? Now right now when I'm trying to figure it out, what do I do? Be love. What you're being is what counts. What you're being leads to what you're thinking. Again, people don't understand this. Being leads to thinking. So if you're being depressed, you're going to have depressing thoughts. If you're being productive, you're going to have thoughts about how to be more productive. Be the state. That's what I teach. That's what works. Stop trying to figure it out. You know all this analyzation? You ever heard of analysis paralysis? Mm -hmm. That's where all these people are. Right. And there's no solution there. I'm just going to go right out and, and ask you something here. I don't know how this is going to go, but... Like, <laughs> I love it. You Okay, you strike me, or I could see how some folks might interpret you as an analytical guy. Oh, I was the most analytical. So how the heck does someone, is that a big journey to go from, from being analytical, trying to figure things out to letting go and just being love? So there's a difference. Being analytical is useful if you're an engineer or a mathematician. You can use it productively. But when it comes to our emotional states, it's not very helpful at all. So I was really very analytical for most of my life, and I have a very keen and quick mind. So here's what I learned. 
balance. There's a time for the one and there's the time for the other. So relaxation and meditation, I devote myself to doing that. And that's one of the practices I have my people do. I've created guided imagery meditation so that they can just pick it up automatically and just listen to my voice as I talk to them and takes them into the state of consciousness that is relaxed. So relaxation and activity are the two normal states of the mind. Now that depends on what we mean when we say mind because the cognitive mind is always active 24-7. But there's a time, there's actually a time in our lives every day where we're thinking nothing and doing nothing and experiencing nothing. When brains are hooked up to uh, electroencephalograms and they're measuring for activity, there's a time in our lives where nothing is happening in the brain. And that's called delta stage sleep. The consciousness has checked out of the body. It's not there anymore and there's nothing going on except basal metabolism and heart rate. It's all that's happening. The mind has checked out. And it happens every time you go through a complete sleep cycle into deep delta stage sleep. So the, the spiritual gurus say, that's when you check in with God. That's when you become the source. And the mind is still. And if we don't do it every day, we die. Hmm. You know, if you don't get deep sleep and you don't, right. that's where the body repairs itself and so forth. If you don't get to sleep to that stage, it'll make you ill and you'll eventually die. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. Figure that out. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, what are what are this kind of goes? I I think we covered this already, but uh, we'll go over it again. What are the greatest lessons you think you pass on? Yeah, that's a great question. So the best answer that I can give you is. I teach people who they are and what their purpose is. Once you have that, you've got everything. Now, purpose can change. So I like Eckhart Tolle's description of it, which I used to teach his works at a spiritual center for many years, and I learned a lot in that experience. What he talks about is the fact that we have an inner and an outer purpose, and he delineates between the two. And everyone's inner purpose is the same. Outer purpose is constantly changing. Okay. He comes from the Western approach to, to Zen Buddhism as well, where he says, your purpose in the moment is to be present in this moment. So right now we're doing an interview, and you're here present with me now, and being all you can be in this interview. And when this is over, maybe you go grab a bite to eat, so be present with the food when you're eating the food. And you know, then you drive your car across town to go pick up your beloved, and you be present with the driving experience while you're having that. So constantly being present is your outer purpose, according to Eckhart Tolle. It changes all the time and everybody's is different. But everybody's inner purpose, according to this teacher, is identical and the same. And it's self-realization. To wake up to who I really am, beyond who I think I am. So... This can get very deep and people can try to analyze it and figure it out. And the more they try to figure it out, the farther away they get. But what I teach instead is simple. Your life purpose is the same as my life purpose, is the same as everyone's life purpose. And this is it. It's to feel good. <laughs> That's your purpose. Right. Everybody's trying to feel good, right? We all want to feel good. 
oh, we all got different ideas about what that means and how to do it and, you know, what will happen when we do and all that. But what if you could just feel good anyway? Like you don't need anything. It doesn't mean that you're going to go and drink a bunch of beer or eat a ton of ice cream or have a bunch of Well, if of you felt good about or... yourself, maybe uh, one or two beers would be enough, right? Right. Right. And just a serving of ice cream instead of a gallon. This is people self-medicating. And what they're doing is trying to find presence. You know, as soon as you put that spoonful of double chocolate Dutch oven ice cream in your mouth, right. you are right there present. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> calls all your attention to it. Right? It's so damn good. Yeah, I love chocolate ice cream. So people are attempting to be present. Okay. While they're overeating or addicted to other things. And then they lose themselves in the experience, so they're not present at all, and they eat mindlessly. Mm. They're attempting to become present. Yeah. Which is what Eckhart says your outer purpose is anyway. You know, when you're eating that ice cream, enjoy every last mouthful of that stuff, boy. Be present with your experience. That's how you live a fine life. Mm. Now, there's also, you know, goal setting and intentions and so forth and so on. As a life coach, which is what I do mostly, uh, I teach people how to accomplish those things in the path of least resistance. Okay. So the easiest way is oftentimes the best way. Sometimes the easiest way drags us through stuff we don't want to go through, but it's taking us directly to the goal. Hmm. So some support and awareness is necessitated in those cases. But what if you could just feel good for the whole process anyway? How would that change your life? And letting go of AS feels really good. Mm. Yeah, that's one concept I had. I remember we talked us talking about during training was um, being okay with things that I may have perceived to be uncomfortable or not that fun in the past. Just being okay with it. And then what happened? <clears throat> um, I just felt better. You slept well, huh? It wasn't a big deal. Or as big of a deal. Um, yeah, it seemed like um, uh, more, like more and more days that I was having were just were just good. Like more and more consecutive days were good. And uh, when things would come up, I'd be able to just uh, be aware of you know feeling uncomfortable or letting it go and then my good day would keep on happening you know that's zen buddhism straight up right what are uh if you had to give someone three daily practices what would they be i only get three okay i have 10 <laughs> as many as you want how many can you we get 30 30 daily practices no, I'm teasing. But okay. yeah, I have a, a lot of practices that I teach. I've been at this for a while, you know. Okay. Can you? But if I had three, you know, you the top three. Yeah. I would say uh, one for mind, one for body, and one for spirit. What would they be? One for the mind would be stop focusing on what you don't want and get focused on what you do. Practice that every day. Get yourself focused on what you'd like to experience. Mm. And so I teach a technique to do that when you awake in the morning. It's a meditative time. 
you know when you first wake up and you're kind of half awake, half asleep and groggy and you're floating in and out? Yeah. That's the best time to ideate your life because you're closest to your true self and what the mystics call the veil. You're closest to the veil between your higher self and your mundane physical being. So that's when the mind is most receptive to meditation and training. So just envision yourself having everything. And let me make this clear. When people say envision, it means more than just see yourself in a dream. You have to feel the reality of the vision in order for this to work out quickly. When you're in that groggy state, when you wake in the morning, there's many things you can do with it. You can, you can imagine and engineer your day. You can see yourself succeeding in everything, you know, all the meetings and the deadlines and all the stuff that you've got to accomplish that day. You can see yourself and feel, see and feel yourself accomplishing those things and then get out of bed with a great attitude towards it. Or you can ideate for a future thing. Say you want to be a decamillionaire and you want to know what that's like. You feel yourself and express yourself and experience yourself in that groggy meditative state in the morning, feeling what those people do and how they do it and becoming one of them. So you're being that state. If you want to be healthy and free of illness and pain, imagine what that feels like. Remember what it was like when you were a child before you got the condition and you were just uh, running around on the playground, loving life and all your needs were met. Mm -hmm. That time in the morning when you're closest to the veil is the best time and the most receptive time to program your mind with what it is you'd like to experience. You got to do it properly, but it's simple. When you know how to do it, it's simple. Right. That would be the first thing that I would instruct people to do. Stop looking at what you don't want. Stop trying to fight your disease. Do you want to fight for the rest of your life? Is that what you want? Do you want your disease for the rest of your life? Do you want to be aware of it and all that? Then stop looking at it. Start looking at what feels good. That's the main thrust of what I teach people that puts them into remission and recovery. And we're doing this with hundreds of people. So that would be my first practice. You know, I said one for the mind, one for the body and one for the soul or spirit for the body. Move your body every day. You know, uh, I did uh, an internship at a hypnosis center back in the 90s when I was working on my doctorate in behavior modification and people were mostly depressed and overweight. I worked with 400 people in that uh, externship and I heard the same things from all of them and they're like, well, how many times a week should I exercise? How many days a week should I move my body? I would say, well, how many days a week do you eat? which would usually blow them away. They're like, wow, I got to exercise every day that I eat. Well, yeah, food is fuel, right? And you've got this marvelous, incredible invention called the human body. It's a temple. Sometimes it's mine's more of an amusement park, <laughs> but it's still my temple. Right. It's the vehicle that I use as like a, a, a space suit to walk around in the biosphere. So I take good care of it, just like I take good care of my vehicles, my cars. You know, I do regular maintenance and take good care of them. So take good care of your body every day. Be mindful of it. And Eckhart Tolle, again, that guy teaches a practice of always being aware of who you are, but grounding it through the body. So these spiritual people who want to rise above the body and have out-of-body experiences and so forth, it's not useful, not always necessary. 
uh, be rooted in your body. So spend about 20% of your attention with your body every day. So you can feel the air on your skin at all times. You can feel the cool breeze or the warm sun at all times. You're never checked out from the body. And another thing that I would say, you can combine those, those two uh, techniques, you know, the morning meditation and ideation with a body practice, which is the smile down inside your body. And that's a technique taught in yoga. You know, there's six schools of yoga, and only one of them has to do with moving the body. Right, the other ones right. are about mental and emotional and spiritual principles. What school is that that, ta that you're talking about, about smiling in your body? Smiling down within your body, that's Raja Yoga. Okay. Mental Yoga. So you, you smile down within, and it feels weird to a Westerner. It's like, wow, that's kind of odd. I'm smiling at my lungs? Yeah. I'm smiling at my liver? Yep. Smile at the heart. Smile at the nervous system. Smile at the immune function. Just smile down inside and feel good. There's that practice again. Feel good. And it works remarkably well, better than drugs and surgery. I know it's not as profitable. You're not going to get rich selling people to smile down within themselves. So, you know, you can't think of it like you're going to compete with the pharmaceutical industry. Right. But it works amazingly well. Take that time in the morning and smile down within just for a few minutes. Smile down within at your intestines. If you're having trouble with uh, bowel function and so forth, just smile down inside. And as long as you can hold that feeling of everything is well and wonderful, the body responds. Of course, it responds if you think, well, I'm going to try this for a couple minutes, but then I'm going back to, you know, persistent diarrhea. Well, then that's what you're going to get. Right. So take good care of the body and move it every day would be my second admonition. And third, take care of your soul, your spirit. And that's simple. The most spiritual practice that I could teach is just to learn to be happy. That's it. That's a spiritual practice. Be happy. Most people have to learn how to do that. Yeah. Because we've all learned we've all learned how to be unhappy. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's that's pretty true. So there's a lot that goes into that because as we try to figure out how to be happy, we actually get farther away from joy. So we, have, we use language in terms of, you know, this makes me happy or that makes me unhappy. And we're giving away our power through language and people don't understand how that works. If something has the power to make you happy, then it can also make you unhappy when you lose it. So you're giving away your power because it's making me do this. I've got no control over this. It made me mad. It made me happy. It made me what I am. So we change the language. And one simple word changes it all. It's so simple. You change one word of it makes me mad or it makes me angry or it makes me happy or it makes me anything. Change the language to say, I feel happy when this happens. It doesn't make you happy. You take responsibility for how you feel. I feel good. I feel happy. Or if something makes you angry, it doesn't make you angry without your permission. 
So I feel anger when this pops up. And that way you're taking permission to be responsible for your own emotions. And that's part of healing that emotional rift of, this, of the uh, suppressed energy in the mind that creates autoimmune dysfunction. It's really very simple. A few things must be learned, but you practice these things every day. And before you know it, everything in your life has changed for the better. So this answers, this is the long way around of answering your question you asked 30 minutes ago about how do I change these things that I don't want to face? There's Rigby. There's the star of the show. There he is. He's a good dog. <laughs> he's, he's letting me know that that he's, I don't know, he's been... Uh, he felt your love, Michael. What's that? That's what it, He felt your love. Yes, he did. Yes. That's what our dogs remind us of. Oh, I know. Yeah. Unconditional love. That's who you are. That's your natural state of being. And Rigby knows it. Rigby does, yeah. For anyone that's listening, my dog just came by to say hello. I'm sure they figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> what we could learn from our dogs, right? He's just happy. Just, just a happy dude. There's, there's, she's just there. He's always just right there. Presence. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good soldier. What other questions have you got for me? Oh yeah, well what's in um what's in the the um the membership club, the AS Victors club? Cuz I you were saying that people coach with you and um they do group group coaching and one-on-one -on -one coaching. And then there's the um, the club, right? The AS Victors Club. Yeah. So what? Like I've I've looked through there, and but and I and I know roughly what's in there. But can you tell people it's free? First of all, it's a free resource that um, Peter established for people with ankylosing spondylitis. So what's what's in there, and what can people get out of it? There's a lot of things in there, Michael. Glad that you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I've got videos, I've got uh, conferencings, I've got uh, books, I've got uh, audio programs, I've got meditations, I've got uh, many, many resources and links to uh, videos online that help people to understand what they're dealing with and how to get solutions for pain control uh, for free. So I teach a lot about, uh, you know, how to find love, joy, and inner peace in these videos. How to dissolve the painful emotions that we talked about. How, how many hours of videos do you think you have? Hundreds. In, in, the, in the Victor's Club, you have hundreds of hours of instruction and guidance. That's correct. For free? Yes. Okay. Well, now I'm starting to see how that actually could be a, a really great resource for someone who say went through the group coaching or went through one-on-one -on -one coaching or would just like to start work on working on it themselves this is designed for people specifically with ankylosing spondylitis is that right that's right and yes the people who come through our coaching programs 
have this to fall back on for support and guidance going forward. Right. Right. How long did it take to put that together? Two years. So this is a massive endeavor you you put forth of your own time. Yes. Well, you know, my purpose is to help people alleviate suffering, and I'm specializing with people with AS because I had AS. You know, a lot of people say, well, this stuff, you know, is practicable in any condition in life. You're teaching people how to be happy, how to be loving, how to be healthy, how to let go of what no longer serves them, how to find health, wealth, and happiness. And yeah, this is good for everybody, but I've specified it for people with AS specifically because I know what that's like. And I believe that people get AS for a reason. There's a cause and effect at work here. And while the people are trying to figure it out by looking at genetics and other constituents in the body, I've found that there's more. It's the body and the mind. It's not just the mind. It's not just the emotions. It's the body also. The mind and the body are one thing. And in fact, Bruce Lipton, again, he talks about the fact that the subconscious mind is the body. Because all that energy is stored in the systems of the body, particularly in the DNA in the cells. Every cell has DNA, which has unlimited and untold amounts of information within it. So it has a consciousness all, all its own. So the body and the mind are really one thing. The proof of that, by the way, if anybody's skeptical of mind and body, the proof of that is stress. You've heard of stress, right? right. Stress is a mental condition. It's mental stress that has an effect on the health of the body. That's proof of the mind-body connection. So I have all these tools and techniques for mind-body awareness in the club for people to utilize so they can understand this better and get on the track with, get on the fast track with healing their minds and bodies. So check it out. Uh, asvictorsclub.com. The asvictorsclub.com. Hundreds of hours of audios, videos, and other resources to be able to help you yeah, with mind-body empowerment. Book recommendations. Uh, there's tons of book recommendations that you work with people. Work with me, recommended those books. And then there's other books that I had I had never uh, heard of or you hadn't told me about. So it's great. Um, other thing is uh, it used to cost money, this Victor's Club. It was like 25 bucks a month or, so, or 25 annually or something, $25 annually. Why did you uh, make it free? Because I want to help people. And look, I know people are skeptical about what I'm doing because they've never heard of it before. Yeah. So come on in and take a closer look. Right. See if it's right for you. It may not be right for everybody. You know, like we pointed out, some people aren't ready for that. They'd rather fight. Essentially, what I'm doing is showing people how to be happy and loving so that they release the emotional stress and it's okay now. And not everybody's ready for that, as we pointed out earlier. So how are you going to know if this is for you unless you can check it out? Right. Yeah. Ultimately, I'm working on good karma, my friend. I believe that what goes around comes around. Right. Cause and effect. So the more people I can help with AS, the more suffering I alleviate on the planet and we alleviate together. So, I mean, look at you. You came through a short coaching program with me, life coaching, basically. And look what you're doing in the world now. You're helping people. Yeah. This is a direct result. Didn't I recommend to you that you go into podcasting? You did. You did recommend that. You did.
And look at you now. Yeah, yeah. You're helping thousands of people. That's cause and effect, baby. Mm. Congratulations. Good on you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> That's why I'm in it, too. Yeah. Now, I also have a resource called the uh, Challenge, right? It's the AS Recovery Challenge. Right. And that's a group coaching program where there is a fee involved, but there are scholarships available too. So for people who can't afford it, they can apply for a scholarship and get their tuition waived. But you mentioned it earlier, you know, it's four ninety five a month for two months. Most people can afford that. And that's where you get remission and recovery. And you get really personal one-on-one -on -one feedback from me in a group setting. And you learn all the techniques, all the subtleties, all the secret sauce that is what comes together to get these results. And, you know, I've got testimonials coming out of my ears of people saying, I can't wait to help others. Let me make a video about this. Let me give you my testimony because why doesn't everybody do this? Mm -hmm. And, of course, the reason everybody doesn't do it is because they never heard of it. Yeah. That's they never heard that their mind affects their body. Right. And they don't believe that that's necessarily true. Because people are telling them it's not true. Your mind has nothing to do with your body. Your happiness, your joy, and your love can't possibly affect your emotional... I mean, your emotional state can't possibly affect your body. But then how do you explain stress? Or, <laughs> you know, I could see people believing that, intellectually understanding it, and then yet saying, but AS is different, you know? AS is easier much easier than having lymphatic cancer. Right. Yeah. AS is something that uh, comes to us to allow us to let the pain out of the mind and through the body it works its way out. And when you alleviate the source, the pain stops. Try it. Haven't you tried it? I have. I have. It works. It works. Congratulations. Now stick with it long enough to rewire the brain permanently. Mm -hmm. And that's why you focus more on improving someone's life rather than getting them out of pain. Well, the pain goes away on its own when you make a better life for yourself. Right. You know, you don't have to worry about things in the past, like a person who's in a bad relationship and they get out of that relationship, they don't have to keep worrying about that relationship. Uh, same thing with wealth. People who are broke and then become wealthy, they don't have to keep worrying about being broke. They don't have to go back and fix being broke in their lives because they've achieved another level of experience. It's the same with chronic illness. Once you release all those issues that were causing the imbalance in the body-mind complex, the body knows how to heal itself. And it yeah. does. And it does, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can believe that. I mean, I used to um, I used to suffer from a lot of leaky gut and gastrointestinal difficulties. And, um, and the interesting thing with working with you is that the pain in my body went away first, like the aches and pains, like in my spine, in my neck, in my hips. That went away first. I still had gastrointestinal problems. Then that went away. And 
I mean, that can kind of, that makes sense to me that I'm not that I'm, I'm trying to figure it out here. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense. But it makes sense because uh, my immune system was compromised because of stress or whatever, emotional trauma, this or that. And letting go of that, just being love, having a great day consecutively, day after day, um, because I wasn't lost in, you know, being, say, worrying or being... Uh, focus on what you didn't want yeah i was focused on yeah so the pain went away in my body and then subsequently my stomach was like everything's okay i could feel that i had this tension in my guts for probably 26 20 probably most of my life tension right in my guts and maybe it's because i wasn't following my instincts or who freaking knows (laughs) it doesn't matter um Fact is that once I shifted that, I started feeling a lot better and stopped trying to figure it out. Like, stop trying, like, I can't even believe all the things I did. Like, worrying about diets. Like, I was stressed out over diets for 10 years, a decade. And I had AS for way longer than that, but a decade of just trying to figure things out through dieting. You know, and let me tell you, that's exhausting. And I lost love. I know it. Yeah. What's that? I said, I know it. Yes, you do, sir. Congratulations to you. Thanks, man. You figured it out. Yeah, yeah. I figured it out uh, with, my, uh, with my heart and with my instincts, I think. Rather than my right. brain. Yeah. Um, well, uh, let's, let's just say a little word about Sky Denton, our, our mutual great friend. So I climbed to the top of some mountain in Wyoming. I'd have no idea what it was called, but he took me up there. What what an incredible woodsman that guy is! Like I had no idea. You want like I've, I used to watch his videos, and that's a lot of you know what before I started working with with you. I watched his videos, and I was like, who is this guy? That's like you know like a surfer guy who's got this incredible understanding about healings, incredibly intelligent, and got over AS and. And, uh, and then I, you know, he invited me over to Wyoming and we went up this mountain with, uh, three of his buddies, four of his buddies. And like the guy is, in my opinion, he's like a master woodsman. Like he goes out. He goes out there and lives, he lives off subsistence for weeks at a time. Yeah. It's like this rugged dude, just like tearing up the mountain, tearing up the mountain. And we were, we were walking up. (laughs) I was, I was in behind because I was so untuned to the altitude because they live up at like, I don't know, 3,000, 14,000, 14,000 feet up there at the peak. At the peak, yeah. But what I'm saying is where he lives, he lives at oh, like, yeah. like eight, uh, 3,000 or something or 4,000 feet. I live at sea level. So I flew up there and then we climbed up really high. So I was like, I was gassed. I was like panting the whole time up there. Anyway, Skyler, I didn't know this, but he like, he walked down the hill, walked down, and went into the woods, and I didn't see him there. And I was, like, going up the mountain, like, freaking huffing and puffing. And he jumps out, and he starts acting like a bear. He's like, and so started, like, uh, like, pushing the bushes up and down. I was terrified. I was terrified because the night before, we split it. We stayed in the same tent. The night before, he was, he was telling me, we were just laying there in bed, and he's like, you know what a grizzly bear does to you? When he's killing you. And he was like about to tell me. I'm like, I do not want to know. I don't want to know what they do. And he's, 
Anyway, basically terrified me, but uh, I hung on to my bear spray for all my <laughs> life. Anyway, Sky Denton, uh, he's working with you right now, isn't he? He's. You just told me he's. Can we talk about that or what he's? Well, sure, sure, yeah. Sky. He's a great specimen, isn't he? Yeah, he's one of a kind. He's one of a kind. Great, great, great man. He was my first client who came to me for AS. Okay. And when I met him, he could barely walk. He was emaciated. He was down under 90 pounds on his weight. You know, he's kind of a, a slight build anyway. Yeah, but still. He's probably pounds. 150 now. Yeah, yeah, bigger than me. He was in total pain. And he'd been to all the best doctors and all the best recovery programs and nutritionists, and it just wasn't working for him. He's also one of the most spiritually realized men I've ever worked with, too. He's awake and aware. So I showed him how to use that to heal his body. For him, it took five months. I worked with him for five months, one-on-one. -on -one. But he came out here to Scottsdale, and his parents got a home out here, and he stayed here and came and visited me personally three times a week, and we went to the gym together. And I showed him how to build his body and how to let go of the emotional stuff. And he made a brilliant recovery. And this spurred me on to say, well, you know, I should help other people with AS as well. So now he became a protege. And, yeah, he's sitting in on uh, the coaching programs that I'm doing now so that he can get more well-versed in how to help people as well. Uh, and he's going to be doing uh, more work in this field now too. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad you met him because, you know, he's an incredible guy, as we've said, who is ready to help us make a difference in, in the world with people with AS, you know? Get them out of suffering and away from what they don't want and into what they do want. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's in the group that we're doing right now, the AS Recovery Challenge group, and he's doing great. He's doing amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know he's, he's, um, he's always been, you know, coaching people here and there and uh i know he's he's really i was just talking with him he left me a message this week saying that he's you know he's he's really interested in and in continuing on with that and learning more and getting stronger and um yeah so that's exciting yeah yeah he's a great protege i can tell you he's got big things to do in his life yeah he does i i believe that as do you my friend i do as i do yeah, we're all in it together. Absolutely. You know, there's one spiritual practice that says nobody heals until everyone's healed. Right, right. Because at, at one level of awareness, we're all the same. We all share this life force energy. You know, life is life. And my life, your life, we could delineate, you know, uh, analogically and with ego and the cute cognitive mind we could say well you're you and you have a life and I mean I have a life but we're both life we're life forms and that one thing called life is what unites all of us life is what is on is prevalent on this planet through plants and animals and we're all just different life forms sharing the same experience of life so nobody's healed until everyone heals is the mantra of certain individuals so those are the frequency holders. Those are very spiritual people whose uh, feeling is that their purpose is to help the world heal and keep on until it's a reality for us. Right. So I don't know where I come down and all that. I'm just helping as many as I can. 
Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so are you. So thank you for this service. It's wonderful that you're doing podcasts for people and they're getting hope and guidance and a better life. Yeah. Just from your experience, just from being in contact with you, Michael Eisner. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> Congratulations again. Thank you. Thank good you. to be with you today, man. It's great to be with you, man. I think we, uh, I think we did a good job. I think we did some good work here today. Nice. Hope <laughs> it didn't blow your head off. No, it's still there. It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> good. Absolutely, man. All, All right. right. Well, great. Everyone, have a have a beautiful day wherever you are in the world. And um, if you want to get in touch with Peter, all the information will be in the link below. Um, I'll have information about the recovery challenge, links to that, links to the membership, uh, the club, uh, AS Victor's Club. Um, your personal email will be in there. Uh, my email will be in there. Uh, yeah, have a great day, guys. It was great to see you, Peter. Good to see you, Mike. Let's Thank do it again. You. Absolutely. We will be doing this again. All right. Be well. All right. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening. Please feel free to subscribe to the show, or if you'd like, write a review. Let me know what you think, and uh, if there's any topics that you'd like covered, please let me know. Favorite episodes. All right. Bye-bye. The text and audio files contained in this program are for information use only. It is not meant to treat, cure, diagnose any medical health condition you may or may not have. For medical advice and treatment, please speak to a medical health professional.